Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Popular broadcaster inside the NBA analyst Hall of Famer, Charles Barkley, back on the program. Good morning, Chuck. How you doing? Yo, man. Why you get... Only you got me up this early in the damn morning. Only you. That's how much I like your ass. I love your ass. I don't never get up this early in the morning. Only because of you. All right. Well, what are you going to do the rest of the day? Well, I'm going to sleep in until I, well, I wake up. Then oh, I'm going to okay. go play golf all day. I got the day off. Well, now that you have a uh, a golf swing here, you're looking good. I'm getting better, brother. I know. I'm getting better. Good I worked for hard. You. Shout out to my coach, Dan Early. I worked hard. And I want some more of you, Dan. <laughs> but, you know, I want you. I, look, I remind people, I'm one of the last people who saw you play well. And that was in Dayton, Ohio, when you shot a 79 and you played well, and you should have retired there or stopped taking lessons. <laughs> you, hey, you know what? I'm just glad to be out playing, having fun again, smoking me a couple of cigars, drinking a little bit. Hey, that's not, hey, there's only two things old people can do, golf and fish, and I love <laughs> both of them. All right, I got a question for you. I'll give you two PGA championships or one Masters. What would you rather have? Well, I think it'd probably be the Masters okay. uh, because, you know, it's just that's, you know, unless you're from overseas where they think the Open Championship is the greatest thing ever. I think winning the Masters with the tradition and history, I think that I think that would be it. How about three PGA championships or one Masters? Well, I think three, three kind of takes it to a whole nother level. So I'd go with three of those. Uh, but listen, winning one Masters, that's historical. Uh, two is different, but three, I think I'd go with three PGAs. How about an NBA championship or the Masters? Well, I think the Masters, personally. I mean, because hey, they give out the NBA championship every year. And I know they do the Masters every year, but like, Nobody knows who won a championship five years ago in the NBA. But, you know, to be able to host – I mean, think about that. I think that's such a great tradition. You know, you, you talk about places you want to be. Can you imagine being at the Masters dinner on Tuesday night with only guys who won the Masters? And you get to pick out the menu? That would be one of the coolest things ever, Dan. I mean, I mean, think about that. You get to pick out the menu – and there's probably, I don't even know how many living Masters champions there are. It can't be more than 30. What would your menu be? Uh, probably fried chicken, <laughs> uh, ham hocks, 
neck bones, chitlins, um, <laughs> some type of pecan uh, pecan pie, some collard greens. I'd go all, all – I mean, you know they ain't had no chitlins or ham hocks and neck bones there. I might even throw some pickers and pig feet in there to get them a little soul. When you go back to Alabama, do you got a restaurant, a go-to restaurant? I go to Fleming's every night when I'm in Alabama because I'm in a small town and we don't have any restaurants. So I have to drive to Birmingham. My hometown leads. We don't have any restaurants. Uh, so we, I drive. I spend every night when I'm in Alabama, I go to Fleming's. Uh, they, they just take good care of me there. And I take a couple of my homeboys and we have a great night. I saw that you uh, gave back to your school. You were giving out uh, $1,000 to employees at your high school. Well, you know, Dan, it's been a tough year. Um, it's been a tough year in the world. So shout out to anybody who lost somebody to COVID or lost their job. And, you know, and I, and, you know, I, I love teachers. I admire them. I respect them. And I want to do something nice for the teachers in my hometown. And uh, I thought it'd be nice to give them a little year-end bonus. I mean, because I know it's been crazy. I, I couldn't imagine. I, hey, it's so funny. I talked to all my friends who got kids. They found out doing this COVID situation that when their kids are home, their kids are a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're like, hey, they're like, yo, man, my kids are crazy. Having them at the house all day, I'm never going to say anything bad about teachers in my life. So I want to do, give a shout out to all the teachers out there because everybody realized during the pandemic, my kid is crazy as hell. <laughs> what were you like if I talked to one of your grade school teachers? What would they have said about you? Oh, I didn't start going crazy until probably my second or third year in the NBA when I first got into this whole craziness. I was a really quiet, shy kid back in high school. But, you know, once you get in the limelight, man, it's a different animal. And, and first of all, I got in the limelight in Philadelphia. I tell people, there's nothing, can, there's, there's nothing that can prepare you for being famous. There's nothing in the world. And then to do it in Philadelphia is a whole nother animal. So uh, I, I was a good kid. I had great friends and great teachers. Miss Turk, Miss Hill, Miss Robinson. Love y'all. Miss Robinson passed away, but Miss Turk and Miss Hill were amazing. Uh, my coaches, Wallace Honeycutt and Billy Copeland, were amazing. You know, Dan, I always tell people, you know, I watch the news all the time. And you see how crazy it is in some of these big cities. Going to growing up in a small town with a couple of people, man, I think was a really great thing for me because I didn't know what I was missing. But I didn't have to worry about all that crime and all this craziness that's going around in the country that you see every day on television. But you said your second year, you had the spotlight on you. Like, how goofy did it get for you? It's something you can't even explain. You know, microphones in your face every day. Guys asking you questions that, you know, I'm trying to, you're trying to learn. But are you, know, you talking about your social life? Like when you went out and, and you know, that you were, you were exposed to a big city. Yeah. And it was crazy. I, I tell you the story, Dan, I think uh, at the beginning of my third year, I became a star and it was overwhelming. And this is how stupid I was. I, we had, I got a guy, a bunch of me and my guys together. I said, yo, man. It's hard for people walking up to you all the time or autographs, take pictures. Let's go somewhere so I can get away and we can just be boys. And I had never been out of the country at that point. So I said, hey, let's go to Hawaii for a week. Nobody will know me in Hawaii. I'll get, I'll get like, nobody going to know me. Man, it, it, that's how crazy it was. Because, like, when people come up, people want autographs and pictures all the time. When it first happens, it's a little overwhelming. But I took like four of my friends. We went to Hawaii. I was like, yeah, nobody's going to know me in Hawaii. <laughs> and that was my first like, oh, yeah, being in the limelight is totally different. It's totally different than anything I'm ever going to experience. But I, I, I like, oh, man, this is going to be weird. They know me in Hawaii. It's crazy. Yeah, but imagine if you're Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods and, you know, or a, a big time actor or musician and you're traveling like, you can't go anywhere. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, I've been close with Michael and Tiger at, at some point. Out of all the celebrities I've ever met in my life and been around, 
Michael and Tiger are the only two that people absolutely lose their mind when they're around. Like, and I, listen, I've been around everybody, Dan, to a certain degree, but I will say this. Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods are the only two athletes I've ever been around where people absolutely lose their mind. When Michael was in his heyday and Tiger, and Tiger's always been Tiger, those are the, like, those are the only two guys I've ever been around. Like, people get excited when you're around other guys, but people absolutely, when Michael was in his heyday, people, and same thing with Tiger, people just stop and stare, and they think it's like, it, it was crazy back, it was, it was amazing and crazy. So thank God I've never been as big as either one of those guys. He's uh, Charles Barkley, the Hall of Famer. McLovin, give Charles the poll question today. Okay, the NBA one. You mean. Yeah. Okay, which player has the most pressure on him in this year's postseason? Uh, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or James Harden? Well, it's an easy question. It's either it's either it's James Harden, uh, the, the, the Nets. Uh, and Kevin, the Nets got the most pressure uh, of any team in the NBA. They have to win the championship, but their season's not a success. And I said you got to put in Paul George as well. Uh, that's a fair. That's a fair thing. Uh, but Giannis, Giannis has to. Uh, Giannis, and and I'm telling you something. Giannis, uh, Giannis, and James Harden and Paul George. Those three guys got the most pressure. I think that. Two of those guys got to get to the finals. I mean, listen, uh, uh, Paul George is an interesting case because I don't think people look at him like they look at Giannis or Je or, that, or that team they put together in Brooklyn. Paul does have some pressure, but, like, man, the West is the craziest I've ever seen it. I have zero idea who's going to win the West, but in the East, it's easily Brooklyn and Milwaukee who are going to play in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Both of those teams got to at least get to the finals or it's been a disappointing season. You were on ESPN yesterday with Mike Greenberg, and it sounded like if LeBron wins another title, you might elevate LeBron above Michael Jordan. You're open to that? I'm open to the discussion. Okay. You know, first of all, I think they got a lucky break having to play the Phoenix Suns. But if they can win three series, if, if he beats Phoenix, uh, they beat Denver, and then they beat the Clippers, the caveat, to be honest, uh, Dan, is going to be if, if they can beat the big three in Brooklyn. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm picking Milwaukee to win the East. Mm. I, I love what they've done with Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker. But if LeBron can get win three series on the road and beat the big three in Brooklyn. Now, if he beats Philadelphia or Milwaukee, but if he beats those three guys in Brooklyn, I would be open to the discussion that he is – I would elevate him past Kobe – and then I would listen to the argument that he's in the conversation with Michael Jordan. I think that's only fair. Because this, to me, is going to, you know, he's been out basically all season. Anthony Davis has been out basically all season. If they can win three series on the road and beat the Brooklyn Nets, I'm, I'm open to the conversation that he's on Michael Jordan's level. But you don't even have him on Kobe's level. I don't. I got Kobe a little bit ahead of LeBron, just a little bit. Hmm. Uh, I do. But, you know, it's so funny when you have these arguments. I, hey, listen, I'm not putting him ahead. Like when people be arguing, you're crazy, Charles Barkley. You're crazy. You got Kobe Bryant ahead of LeBron. I says, I don't have Papa Jones ahead of LeBron. I said <laughs> Kobe Bryant is one of the best to ever do it. And I love Popeye. But I'm telling you, like, you know, he's in that conversation, but, man, I don't think the Lakers are going to win the championship. But if they're able to win a championship this year, I think you got to at least be open to the conversation. We had Robert Ory on yesterday, and after he got a shout-out from Rudy Tomjanovich at the Hall of Fame that he should be in the Hall of Fame, I asked Robert if he is a Hall of Famer. What do you think? You know, Dan, I, I don't answer those questions because I don't want to poo-poo on anybody. Robert is somebody I, I respect. 
he had a hell of a career. But you know, I, I don't. I'm just glad number one, C. Webb finally got in. He should have been in five years ago. Mm. But I think it's such a tough call to, to vote. I don't have a vote, but man, that's a very interesting debate about Robert Ory. He's had a hell of a career. I know he won a lot of championships, but like I say, I'm glad I don't have to make that vote. Would you rather have Robert Ory's career or Carl Malone's? Carl Malone's. Carmelo's easy Hall of Famer. He's on the dream team. Listen, hey, everybody wants to win. I wanted, I wanted to win a championship. But, you know, it's interesting how guys who get paid to talk about sports always want to badmouth guys like myself, Carmelo, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing. You know, it's a. I, I don't know how it became a singular thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, nobody wins. Like, wait. Why y'all picking on, and I mean, picking is not the right word. Why y'all picking on us? Like, we just didn't have teams that were good enough to win. So I don't understand how it switched from, like, it's a team game, and then when you don't win, like, was well, your fault. First of all, it's my fault we were even in it. We were, we were on TV. <laughs> you know, hey, we didn't, listen, I'm not, I, I don't, and I don't, I don't want to throw shade at anybody. I'm saying, hey, we only showed the Utah Jazz because of John Stockton and Carl Malone. Let's get that out the way. We didn't show the jazz because of Thurl, Bailey, and Von Russell. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, I love Sabalos. The reason we were on TV every week was because of me. It wasn't because of, it wasn't because of Sabalos and the Gale Knight. You know, that. <laughs> if you could change anything about that series against the Bulls in the finals, what what would you change strategy wise? Well, we had, you know, we had a six-point lead and we ran three plays for me and I had to pass the ball three straight times. I I, I lay around sometime and think like, man, I should have went through that double team. It's not a good basketball play. It's not a smart basketball play. But they made me pass the ball three times in a row and we didn't score. And they scored seven straight points to beat us by one. Sometimes when I'm in my private moments, I'm like, I actually, it's so funny you asked me that question. I was like, okay. Because Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen are the two best defenders. When they double you, there's no space. Because they're both lean and athletic. It's hard to find actually a passing angle out of that double team. But sometimes when I'm in a room by myself, I think like, well, maybe if I had to do this. But... It's like I say, it's not a smart basketball play to try to go against a double team, especially those two guys. But that's the only thing I, I, I think about at times, Dan. Great question. And then don't leave John John Paxson open. Well, okay. So, you know, it's interesting on the play because I had been studying because I knew we were going to play the Bulls in the finals. The year I got traded to Phoenix, I told Cotton Fitzsimmons, I says, hey, we're going to play the Bulls in the finals. And I've been studying tape on them all year. So the play, because people said Charles went for that steal. I went for the steal because I know nobody else on that team. It's only two guys on the team had the courage to shoot the ball. That was MJ and Paxson. Because if you go back and look at the play, Scotty actually had a layup, and Horace Grant had a layup, but they didn't want to shoot the ball. So the play was going to be, in my mind, I saw him run it. They were going to throw it to Scotty, and they were going to have Michael coming at us full speed. So I jumped the play. I jumped the play because I said, Scott is not going to shoot it. Nobody's going to shoot it. So I, th- I feel like I had time to get back in the play. But Scotty gave it to Hart. He didn't, he passed it. He he could have took it to the basket. We would have tied, would have tied it up. Horace had a layup. It would have tied it up. And I said, okay. But I went to jump Michael because Michael was going to get, it was going to be a handoff. So I jumped the play and listen, uh, Danny shouldn't have left Paxson because if they had scored a two, it would have still been a tie game. But, hey, it is what it is, brother. But I had scouted that play for six months. That's, you know, just the detail is pretty amazing. Well, you know, I used to always look at the tape. and So when I got traded, I said, we're going to play the Bulls in the finals. And I said, I cannot. I said, we're going to play them. And I, I was very confident against them, very confident, because I know they couldn't match up with me. We couldn't match up with Michael. And it, I actually, I think the guy who played great that series who never get better was Scott Williams. 
We he he he's the guy who really, in my in my opinion, had a huge effect in that series. But it still came down to 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 Michael against me, and I didn't. The only game I I I didn't play. I played. I didn't play good in one, but the rest of the series I played good. But uh, it was I just couldn't make enough plays for us to win. Go back to bed. Thanks for joining us. Uh, great. I did, Dan. I told you. Once you're up, you can't go back to bed. You told me you were going back to sleep, and then you were going to wake up and play golf. I'm on practice, Dan. I'm only working on my game. Dan, why don't you come to Tahoe anymore, man? Listen, how about this? I want to lose now. I I would crush you before. Now it might be competitive. Yeah, but why wouldn't you do your show from Tahoe that week? You got every job in the world. You can have anybody on your show you want. Lake Tahoe is the only place in the country where it's not going to be hot. You should do your show the whole week from Tahoe, and then let me kick your ass on the golf course. <laughs> All right, it's only May, so I got time. Well, man, hey, you know I got a lot of love for you, man. I'm so happy for all your success. Thanks for having me on, brother. Thank you, Charles. That's uh, all right, guys. The Hall of Famer, Charles Barkley. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Smoltz, Hall of Famer, Major League Baseball Network analyst. Before I talk baseball with you, John, here's the question. I'll give you two PGA championships or one Masters. Wow. Um, Masters. Three PGA championships, one Masters. Three PGA championships. Yeah. A World Series ring or the Masters? Well, I got a World Series ring. So I'm going to say the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be another. Like, you didn't really do much in the World Series to win. Whereas, True. Right? You True. were just on the team. You were on a great team. Yeah. Yeah, so let's say I get the winning. I get at pitch game seven, win another ring. Yeah. Yes. Taking yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. World Series MVP or the Masters? World Series MVP. That's just another ring. All right. That's all I wanted to talk to you about, John. Thanks for joining us. That was so easy. (laughs) Uh, Clayton Kershaw came out and said, all these no-hitters, not good for baseball. What does he mean by that, do you think? I'm not quite sure. I I think I would follow him in the sense that, you know, when you see the statistics on everyone keeps talking about the statistics, right? Batting average, strikeouts, all those things. Uh, you, you start, you start understanding that, you know, hitting has been hard with the velocity that we have in our game today. So maybe that's part of what he meant. I, on the other hand, predicted that the no hitter record on MLB network first week of the season, I predicted there would be a record amount of no hitters. So, Hey, I I'm all about being right. So, Two more. Uh, we need two more. Paulie, can you check the tape, see if Smoltz says? We looked for it all morning. We, find we couldn't tape. find it. Yeah. Oh, it's on there. Oh, it's on there. It was a bold prediction. It was one of these segments that make a bold prediction. Mm. And I made a bold prediction that there would be more than eight no-hitters this year. Okay, but what's the cause for this, all these no-hitters, other than everybody's throwing 100 and everybody else who's at the plate is trying to hit a home run? Yeah, well, the latter part is what you really uh, have to focus on because I think most of the no hitters, you know, are not guys that have thrown a hundred, and they're 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 guys that have hit their spots and kind of open up the uh, opportunity. If you hit your spots, you're going to get your strikeouts and outs. And the style of hitting today, because the velocity is the way it is, it's really a philosophy of style of hitting. And when you're trying to hit a home run, which is the fastest way to get a point on the board, then you don't have any deviation from that. I think that's why you're seeing some of the numbers historically change. And I think we've all said that eventually it'll come around. It's just taken a long time for the pendulum to swing back. You're going to have the lowest aggregate batting average in history this year. Um, baseball talked about the initiative this year of maybe reducing, you know, the, uh, uh, I guess, how far baseball can be hit. They were trying to bring it back one or two feet. They were trying to get the ball and play a little bit more, stolen bases, those kind of things. Uh, it hasn't worked. How does baseball, if that's what their goal is, get more involvement, more movement in the game? I think part of it, you know, after we get through this year and then, you know, next year gets worked out <clears throat> one way or another between the agreement, I think you're going to see some changes that take place in the game. They're starting some things in the minor league. And whenever people talk about changes, immediately everyone says, well, there's something vehemently wrong with the game. 
Well, to your point, you're stating the facts. And when you state the facts that overwhelmingly are historically not in your favor, then you look to make some changes to try to enhance or change the way people think. See, the only way you can change the way people think is to come up with some rule changes. Every other sport has done it. For some reason, baseball, people get all bent out of shape when we talk about changes. I'll give you a subtle change that not a lot of people talk about. I've heard some people talk about but I think would help the game in both ways. If you lower the strike zone, you give the hitters a better chance at the velocity that we're seeing today to hit a ball that is at the top of the strike zone. You can't hit it today. And all pitchers are adjusting and hitters are still, still trying to do what we talked about. The top of the zone is at the velocity we have. It's just too difficult. So a subtle change mm. without making everybody have to change the way they play the game. I'm a big, big component of lowering the strike zone and giving everybody a, a better chance to hit that kind of velocity that's in the game today. He's John Smoltz, MLB Network Analyst. Padres tonight against the Mariners at 10 Eastern. Then John will call the Cubs Cardinals tomorrow on Fox. Uh, let's recap what happened with the White Sox, with Tony La Russa, Yermine Mercedes, a rookie who... Tony says, I yelled, take, take, take on a 3-0 pitch in uh, a blowout game. He swung 3-0, hit a home run. Um, let's go step by step. So 3-0 yeah. pitch, positional player in a blowout game. What is the policy? Yeah, see, that's a great question because we haven't seen as many position players pitched in the history of the game as we're seeing right now. So if there's a regular around the mound, I think every player understands the score, time, and place, that that is just something – it's not that you can't do it. It's just frowned upon. You know, if you're taking advantage of a team, it's like scoring from, you know, from first uh, when you're up 15 to four, when you can go station to station. And I think there's certain things in the game everyone understands. When a position player is on the mound, I think it kind of alters how th- – I can see the other side of it, right? 3-0, kind of frowned upon, position player, well – that team's basically given up. And so it's kind of difficult when you see the position player out there to think that all the rules apply. So this is one of those scenarios where I could actually see both sides of it. I understand Tony La Russa being a manager as long as he has. He doesn't want to show anybody up in that fashion, and that's probably where he's coming from there. Yeah, but okay, so then can I swing it 3-1? Can I swing it 3-2? Yeah, no, I, I get where you're going. I, I think don't put yourself in that situation if you're the other team. I totally get it. And if you're if you're basically waving the right white flag by throwing a position player, then I don't think you can get mad that guys are swinging at pitches when the pitches that are coming in aren't really pitches anyways. They're just somebody lobbing it in there. So I, I totally get that that part of it. Um, you know, we used to have that rule where you had to have designated. They did away with that this year, and I think it's coming back, by the way, where you had to designate only a particular person that could pitch. You had to have so many innings because that, that to me, is a whole other subject. When you start throwing position players in a game, you start advocating for the 10-run rule uh, that people I know have been floating out there. Why not just get a 10-run rule after seven innings and we don't have to – have a position player out there pitching. Do you think that baseball would push for a mercy rule after seven innings? I think if the trends keep going the way they are, I think it has more momentum than, than it doesn't because the reality of the game that we're playing and we're supposed to be in the pitching rich era, you know, there's injuries. There's a lot of pitchers up in the big leagues, probably faster than they should. And so therefore clubs aren't, aren't they're not going to push their pitchers and they're going to throw a position player. I think it'd be better if we just the game. I mean, the game's changed to a seven inning doubleheader. Nobody frowns over that anymore. What no one would frown over a ten run rule after seven innings, and each clubs go about their way, and then the headlines don't read about a position player pitching instead of the team getting beat. Well, and and Tony Larusa says, hey, you know what? You got to respect the game. I don't think the opposition's respecting the game by bringing in a positional player to throw a forty-seven. If I can throw a fastball faster than the position player right now, that to me is disrespecting the game. I, I agree with you on that. I played for a manager who's old school. Bobby Cox never let a position player ever pitch the entire time I was there. I don't know if there's another manager that can say that. But he never let – that was his biggest thing about I'm not going to disrespect the game and make it look foolish. Now, there were a lot of position players that begged to pitch, but he just, <laughs> didn't, he just didn't believe in it. So I, I, I agree with you 100% on that, that, that statement because I think 
there is, unless you've run out, you've pitched eight, you played 17 or 18 innings, which we won't do anymore because of the rule, then I think, you know, you're just, you're throwing everything up and you're, you're just throwing everything up in the air. So I agree with your statement. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't like, I think everybody was wrong in this situation with, you know, Mercedes and La Russa. Okay. He, he didn't uh, hear the take sign or didn't listen to your take sign. Then he homers. Tony then calls him out in the press conference instead of supporting his player to say, we'll handle it inside. He's basically saying, Hey, Minnesota twins, go ahead, throw at him. Those are the consequences that he brought on himself here. Yeah. You're, you know, th- this was a lot of mixed messages, but I think the general theme that I was reading into it was we can't have that happen again. Right. What right, wrong or indifferent. And, and hopefully uh, that that message was clear to the team. The White Sox are a great team. Yeah. And the Minnesota Twins are having a really tough year. They were they were predicted to be right there with the Chicago White Sox. You can understand their frustration when they're getting it handed to them. But again, when you when you throw a position player in there, it, it does throw a wrench in the whole deal. And and again, some people think it's kind of fun to watch a position player pitch. I personally don't think it's fun as much as the amount of position players that are pitching today is pretty alarming. How surprised were you that uh, Pujols goes to the Dodgers and hit a home run last night? I'm not home run. I'm surprised because of where Pujols is in his career. I, I, I have the utmost respect for him because of his passion to play the game. And yet, Yes, he's not the Pujols that we remember with St. Louis and even with the Angels, but I think his motor still thinks he can help a team win a championship. And what better way for him? He went to a team that has the probably the best odds to win a championship, and I think he's going to prove some people wrong. Um, you know, this game is not forever, and we all know that everybody, including myself, have been released. <laughs> it's not fun, but you want to finish on your own terms, and I think that's what he's doing. Did Pujols get you? He got me a lot. It was only eight at-bats. He got me three times, three home runs <laughs> and eight at-bats. And I don't I don't mind telling you it was the scariest right-handed hitter I've ever faced. I thought Gary Sheffield was number one in my book, but Albert Pujols, the way he squatted to sit, he looked like he was sitting in a rocking chair, knew what was coming. And uh, I'll never forget the game I came out of the bullpen in relief. And I was so mad because of the circumstances that led me getting in. I threw a pitch for the first time in my career as hard as I could. It almost went to Big Mac, Big Mac land. And uh, I tried to I tried to destroy the the there were these the curtain that separated the training room and the clubhouse in the old stadium. And they looked like you could rip them off the hinge. So I attacked it with both of my hands to rip it off. It was steel reinforced, and I thought I broke both my thumbs. <laughs> and I hid in the back of the plane, icing both of my thumbs, not letting anybody see what had happened. So, yeah, he got me. Okay. Is that, is that... Peak, peak Pujols, peak Bonds. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that to me, I always – I'm going to say Pujols because I felt as a right-handed pitcher, I should always be able to have the edge against a right-handed hitter. Left-handers definitely had an edge against me. So I'm still going to say pools only because I felt like I should have done better. Bonds I faced for a, a hundred times. Pools, I don't want to even think about what that three, <laughs> what that would have translated. I gave up nine home runs to Bonds. I'm sure I would have given up more to pools. Great to talk to you, John. Thanks for joining us as always, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks. That's uh, John Smoltz. Uh, we share a birthday together, May 15th. Uh, he's got Cubs Cardinals tomorrow on Fox. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The popular host of the NFL Network, he's nominated for a sports Emmy... Big shot, Rich Eisen, of course, the Rich Eisen show that follows this show on Peacock. How did you celebrate when you when you learned that you were going to be up for the studio host sports Emmy? Yeah. What was your reaction? Well, I did, uh, you know, I went through the usual PTSD to see if Costas got nominated, too. <laughs> see, and it's not we, fair, you know, Rich, because Costas isn't in the he's not in the category anymore. Right. I know. So Ernie's still there. So um, I don't know. I I just wanted to know if this meant uh, I I got on a plane to New York or not, just to sit in the back of the room. You know, it's it's funny. The, those sports Emmys uh, used to be when you when you won. Which year did you you won you won studio host? What was that? Um, 
I forget what year it was, but I remember it was a party. It was a bash. It was at the old spot in Times Square where there were open bars in every single corner of the room. And it was a great social gathering for everybody to yeah. get together and see one another. Yeah. yeah. I forget what year it was. Uh, 1997, I think. I was there. I was there. I was there and it was a blast. Your speech was great. And we were all hammered. I mean, to be honest with you, because <laughs> it was a party, you know, it was an absolute party for everyone to get together and. But at any rate, it's, it's an honor to be nominated. There you go. There you <laughs> it took go. It's a while to get around to that one, huh? Okay, who do you thank first <laughs> yeah. when you win? Oh, my wife. My wife. I'll thank my wife first. And then my Lord and Savior, Steve Bornstein, <laughs> who was smart enough to have hired me twice, got me started on my career with NFL Network and ESPN. Um, and of course, everybody who's, uh, who helps make it possible, but I don't think I'll get to say those things, Dan. Um, that said, I'll, I, it was, it's, it's just, you know, everything that's gone on in the last year for everybody. Um, it's been a, re a remarkable year for a lot of people in our industry. Um, certainly last year when there was a pandemic and what do we do and what is our role and what is our place in the world and, and, you know, your show being nominated and, um this show being on the air period <laughs> you know is, is wait are you that, working you know, on your speech right now no i'm just actually going i'm, I'm just talking like what's from the, no you're from workshopping the, this a yeah, little no, bit yeah, all right so let me i'd like to thank dan patrick um because and then my, he, my wife then my wife, wife and susie, susie. Yeah. yeah 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 okay so that's the way it'll work i, I think that would be great if if you did that can, you if you win, can you promise that you'll thank me before you thank your wife? Um, I won't do that. But here's maybe what, what should, maybe I should do this because <laughs> I thought maybe Tom Brady should do this when he's in uh, here in Los Angeles at SoFi up the road from here next year when he's playing the Rams. Maybe what I should do is what I think he should do, which is take a tape measure out and measure the space on my zoom to say, I just want to make sure for the next years that mm. I've got, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm all set for doing this, you know, like I'm, I plan on winning here a lot. You oh, know what I mean? Okay. Like that's the sort of thing. Okay. What all do right. you think? Should I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Go get them. <laughs> <laughs> Go get them. I've led you to slaughter before. So, you know, don't, <laughs> don't trust me. Don't trust me. No, that was one of the first things as a professional broadcaster I learned, Dan. Not yes, to trust you. But, yes, you know. but you were you were so earnest, and I I led you to slaughter, and I I felt bad. I felt bad after the fact that I embarrassed you in front of Susie Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> we're really going there. Should, should I tell the story, Dan? Now that you just walked me into it, or is that what you're saying? I mean, was it we're at a party, and I was talking to her? I had just arrived at ESPN. And I said to her, where are you from? And you, was it a backyard? Whose yeah. house? Was it her house? It was her going away party? Lori, was? Lori Zalbowitz's house. <laughs> wow. Good memory. <laughs> so, I think that was the one person Kenny didn't mention in his LA Times article. So, you know, we're, we're in the backyard. We're in the backyard. And um, I say to Susie Culver, hey, you know, uh, where are you from? And you're 20 yards away. And you're oh, I'm from Ohio. <laughs> and like the needle ripped off the record. <laughs> and uh, you're like, oh, uh, you weren't talking to me, huh? Oh, no, go back to what you're doing. And it was just that was the end of the conversation. I know. I know. Um, I know. And so, yeah, we go way back, Dan. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, so Kenny Maine kind of gets this farewell show. Did you get a farewell show at the mothership? Um, in a cardboard box. <laughs> With all my belongings. Oh, that's right. You they asked, did they escort you out of the building? No, it was actually I got a a, a a fax three days before the end of my contract saying it was over. Um, and then I showed up the next day to see what was going on, and it was like, yeah, that's that's it. No one escorted me to the door, but I did not have a farewell. Um, you know show yeah kenny but gets the, a he gets his own show on monday well, the, night the, I think. Per, the person who was in charge at the time when i got the gate dan or when we decided to part ways um isn't there anymore i've got a great relationship with everybody at the worldwide leader as i think you know you do um but i i, I told you this dan like seeing you with ko on the set of sports center um a couple years ago was that I yeah. think it was, and, and it, you know, it was great to see the two of you because it was, 
you know, classic all-time great television when the two of you did SportsCenter together. And it was what made the place how the great spot that it was in part with some other great combinations that I was fortunate enough to arrive um, in 1996 and then get hooked up with Stewart. It was really tough for me to watch, though. I had to turn it off because uh, I'll be honest, like I, I, don't, I know I didn't I'm not going to get a chance to have that type of show with Stewart anymore. And it really hit me hard because I do love the times that I was there. And um, so, yeah, you know, I, it, 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 it didn't end well in, in 2003, but everything has gone on very well since then. And my relationship with, with the worldwide leader, with everybody there is, is great. A couple, so. couple of topics here. Don't get too deep and sentimental. Right? I'm sorry. Right, I'm on. sorry, Dan. Let's go. Okay. You're, you're better than that. Rich Eisen, NFL Network host. <laughs> God, I just spit take, Dan. Yeah, I know. My bad. Okay. The sorry, Dan. Rich Eisen show on Peacock that follows this. Yes. Uh, what's yes. bigger, the story about Aaron Rodgers or the Aaron Rodgers story? Like those covering Aaron Rodgers or the actual story itself? Oh, God, the actual story itself. Uh, I, I mean, seriously, this is... This is huge, Dan. And, and but if he stays, though, right? Then then it's not a big story. If no, it it's absolutely is because it, it depends on on the manner in, in which he stays. Mm. Does he get that long term contract numbers on the table that means Jordan Love isn't there anymore? And what does happen to Jordan Love? And what does happen with the Packers? Because boy, the pressure would absolutely be on to do what Brady did, which is go to multiple Super Bowls after dispatching with the Jimmy Garoppolo conundrum. So we, there, there would be tons of pressure on all of that. And you know, uh, the best part about it is the NFL schedule makers pushed all in with their chips. They didn't do a darn thing to the first four weeks that they weren't planning on doing without, you know, with Aaron Rodgers expecting him to be there. There's four nationally televised games right up front. So we'll have a front row seat to the whole thing. And then I really think, as you were on the show the other day, you know, June 1 was uh, is the day where we think this is all going to go down. You know, this is going to actually either happen or not, because that's when the salary cap ramifications of being traded would be lessened. So I, I, I love the fact that what is going on, we still don't know what is going on. Is it, is it Brian Gutekunst saying, I'm really, really sorry? Uh, is it uh, actually giving him the terms and dollars on the table? What, what does fix this? I'm fascinated by it. And you have Aaron Rodgers going on Kenny Mayne's show on Monday, at least reportedly. Yeah. Okay. But well, I, good. I mean, that's a big send off for, for, for Kenneth of Maine. Now th sure. those guys have a good relationship. Now mm -hmm. does Kenny ask questions leaving the building? How does he not? I mean, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I'm I just... mean, Aaron's sitting, Aaron's sitting down. If, if he does do that, he's sitting down fully knowing that he's doing his friend a solid by giving him the scoop of the summer out the door, which is what uh, a good friend does for another good friend as well. And, you know, he might have a, an answer already ready or a pat answer that would put Kenny in the position of having to follow up. Uh, on a friend who's doing him a, a big favor, a huge solid to to send him out the door like yeah. that, yeah. you know. But so I I will be tuned in. That's for sure because I I, I really want to know um, whether he's going to downplay it or take the lid off the pot here. One of the two leaving the building, Kenny is. The yes. question is: Is Aaron Rodgers leaving the building, the Packers? I, I really don't think so. The best place for him to stay, the best place for him to win right now is is, is where he's staying. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the Broncos, I don't think, afford him the ability to win in 2021 like the Packers would. And you could even make the case 2022 as well, because they did sign Aaron Jones through the next two years contractually where they can actually afford it. They did put Aaron Jones on the credit card a little bit here, and they, they've done that with a couple of their signings, not their center, which might have really pissed Aaron Rodgers off as well. But I, I really think the, you know, it makes sense for all parties to figure this thing out and let him actually surpass Favre and Star in times in, in years served in Green Bay and see if he can actually match um, Favre and Star in Super Bowl appearances. The uh, Urban Meyer portion of the Tim Tebow story is what's fascinating. Not necessarily Tebow, it's Urban Meyer and how this plays. Can he possibly cut Tim Tebow? Like you don't bring oh, him yeah. in. 
it's it's weird. I was always told, don't hire somebody that you can't fire. Can Urban Meyer hire Tim Tebow and fire Tim Tebow? Oh, I think so, for sure. I mean, the, the mm. whole point is that, you know, he can fire Tim. He can basically say, we gave you a shot. It didn't work out. And look at the rest of the locker room and say, I told you the best 53 are going to be here. You know, I mean, like that, that actually would, would benefit Urban in the same way that it would benefit him to actually give Tim Tebow a shot and, and show everyone that he is all about um, having a, a culture change in there and, and letting somebody be the standard bearer for that in the, in the locker room. Um, I, 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 and I'm, I, the world keeps spinning, you know, and, and Tim Tebow, I can't wait to see if he can make the roster. The first preseason games for Jacksonville will be something I, 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 I want to watch for, for Urban on the sideline and Trevor and under center and shotgun and, and Tim doing what he's doing. But in the meantime, if I'm not mistaken, shortly before he came on, Adam Schefter tweeted out the top five selling items on NFLshop.com are all Tim Tebow 85s. And that is... I bought like, one yesterday. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, <laughs> well, you want to get it before he wears 15. Yeah. You know, like it's just a collector's item. Yeah. Right now, in more ways than one. 85, 85. You know, so I, I, I think it's... It's something that it's a win for everybody right now. The only person who it's it's hurting is the one person who could have tried out for the third tight end spot uh, other than Tebow right now. That's the only one, and we don't know who that person obviously would be. So, uh, Hey, congratulations again. Nominated Thanks, for the DP. Sports Emmy. Thanks, DP. And, uh, I didn't mean to get too deep. So uh, in that regard, um, out the door, uh, you know, my guy, Mike Del Tufo, is not here, the so-called punk according to was that you or Seton called him a punk and wanting to throw down with 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 us i mean yeah, yeah. is that um yeah. yeah is there something that we could do we need to address something like uh like aaron Rodgers and the packers or or what uh I mean, what do you think who are you backing <laughs> well i gotta back my well am i doing a Larusa or am i doing an eyes right here <laughs> I'll do the Larusa answer is like, look, I, I know, I know Mike sometimes doesn't listen. You know, I tell him to do one thing and then he does another thing and I don't want him to show up the Dan Patrick show. So you please take a swing at him. You know, that's one way to do it. Okay. Or, or the other way is basically like, you know what, we have a system here and we're going to keep it in house. And, you know, if you throw behind my guy, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take up for him. And that's, that's my default. Okay. I don't have the Larusa in me. Okay. Dan. You know, uh, look, I am going to back my guy, Seton. So, OK, if uh, maybe we cross paths at the Super Bowl. <laughs> OK, <laughs> right here in Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know if Seton wants any of that smoke. OK. You know, okay. I just don't know if he wants any of that smoke. Well, we're do gonna... we do like a do we do like a Jake Paul um, situation Floyd here Mayweather? where, uh, where yeah, Floyd Mayweather, where I'd like steal the hat and it looks Ooh. like something that they've done. It is yeah. that we need to work on our on our hype basically yeah. right now. All right. This could be on the undercard. <laughs> it, it could be. Seaton, Seaton, you're fine. You want a piece of uh, Rich's? Yeah, Rich's one of his producers. I will take all of said smoke. Okay. <laughs> <It's okay. Boom>. <laughs> all <laughs> smoke referred to. I would yeah. accept that. All right, Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl meat Friday. Yeah, that's what we will do. Let's yeah. set it. Let's set it up for Super Bowl meat Friday and, for all the and, smoke. For and all the your smoke. guy is the meat. It's, it could Del be that. Tufo. Del Tufo is the, I, I, you see, know, I knew not many, down. There's not many producers I can say I've seen that it's, guy with his pants off, okay? <laughs> and I've seen your producer with his pants off. See, I knew we would drill down to the <laughs> the, the actual real nuts and bolts of the whoa, hype. So. Whoa, oh, okay. Okay, nuts yes. and bolts. All right, Hang I got to meet Friday. I got to go. Thanks, Thank Dan. you, buddy. That's Rich Eisen, NFL Network host, Rich Eisen Show on Peacock right after this one. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.